podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to what should be a more upbeat under pressure after some of the uh, podcasts I've recorded, particularly this season. There's been some grim ones. We've got two wins. We've still not conceded a goal. But more importantly, we've just absolutely whooped United 7-0. Salah's broken. Um, Liverpool's Premier League scoring record. Um, all sorts going on. We've got some great band of stats. Um, we won't have much on the press in front, apart from some of Phil's stuff and uh, my recommendations, because unfortunately we haven't got Dan again today. But we have got, we've got uh, Phil Bart, who was rewarded recently <laughs> with uh, a commendation. Do you want to explain to us that was, was, what that was, Phil? We were very impressed. <laughs> it's just, uh, I got a principal fellowship of uh, higher education, which is basically the highest teaching award you can get in uh, higher education. So yeah, I got that the other day, which is quite a nice end to a, to a pretty uh, rough period for some of us. So yeah, it was good. Absolutely. And it adds to Dan's introduction about being the highest qualified. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and we've also got Simon, thankfully, because he's going to be uh, eulogizing about more. Um, rightly so. How are you, Si? I'm very well. How can you not be? What a week to be alive. Come on. <laughs> right week. One of my kids is um, in one of my 15 jobs, um, uh, racing drivers. So there's a bunch of racing driver kids that do karting. Uh, but if I describe them as karting, that kind of really doesn't explain the lives that they lead. Um, so David Coulthard is uh, is one of those kids. Uh, his kids, one of those kids. But anyway. Um, he's, he was as well. Yeah. Uh, this kid anyway is a uh, European champion of his age, blah, 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 rich beyond means and a red and he's 11. Um, and I'm like, you have not, it's like you've never lived, dude. You've only lived through, through the wonder years of being a red and you got a little bit sad this year and you still watch this, that one of the great like matches in Liverpool history. Yeah. 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 How, how how lucky is that generation from like 11 down? Oh, my God. Great I mean, time, though, isn't it? Great time to be a red. But, but to be fair, I was 15 when Kenny quit. Wow. So I I had quite the run. I was going to say, I can't have been far off that. What are you for? When were you born? 48. Yeah, you, I'm three years behind you, so yeah, I would have had similar kind of run. I, well, I was born in 8 and I started supporting Liverpool the season after we were last won the league. 
So, oh, oh you bad boy, yeah. solid play. You've you had some solid times there, mate. I genuinely thought I was a jinx. I was going to go and support Man United just so I'd take the jinx off Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never thought that. Just, just to put that on record. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a brief look at Wolves because let's be honest, every single Liverpool fan here wants us to talk about being Man United seven 0 But we we will go through the game. Um, there are some interesting things that possibly will link into the United game. So, uh, so I will start. Start with the lineups um, against Wolves. Few changes there. Couple unexpected, maybe. Uh, there was a bit yes. of rotation. Bit of rotation, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, which you know, we've been we've been banging on about, and and it looked like there was no strategic rotation for ages. And I'm not convinced there has been. So, but but we'd we'd kind of hit a rock bottom. So, uh, and there was no choice at this point. You can either like proper turn your turn the lads into dust uh, at midfield, or give them a bit of a break. Um, and I, we did a bit of energy came. Came into the team. Um, Robbo had played uh, pretty much all of the previous seven full games in a row. Um, and Hendo, since he came back in the team, uh, he played he, his chronic load was up to 145. And for anybody that doesn't, yeah, I'm not even going to explain. We, we've talked about this many times. Um, but when his has been over, his has been over 115 for two consecutive weeks, he's broken on 17 of the last 18 occasions. Yeah, um, the big correlations with the R injury yeah. Yes. And, uh, and that would have been the second week and it dropped and he didn't play and it dropped down. It's down to 108. So, uh, they know they, they follow my charts and, um, and they, they, it was important that he wasn't playing, which is great. Um, and, uh, we had a nice, a nice little, um, rotation of, we have five changes for Watford. So we got three previous jet game, Wolves. five in that. And that combined was the same number of, number of changes as in the previous seven matches. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. having a few, having a few lads back fit makes a difference for a start as well. Yeah, possibly. Obviously, there's the return of Kanate, but possibly one of the big ones tactically. Phil, I'll come to you, mate. Was Elliot coming in as right side of eight? Yeah, I thought because I think we'd largely said earlier on, probably the at the beginning of this really bad run that we didn't think Elliot was serviceable as a midfielder. So for him to come in in this game, as I said, sometimes you just got to change. We had the guy; he clearly. Wasn't going to play in that big game, had been holding him off at half time, hasn't been in their squad since. Um, Elliot comes in, gives his energy with, with Badge and Fab as, as a bit more of a structured platform. And, and I thought that energy did well, you know, he did really well. Um, we'll come on to some of the brief pressing, but he's, he's certainly in the last, it's only two games. I will keep saying that point. I've said it in Discord for the past few days, but he looks a bit more disciplined in this role. Than yeah. he has done previously, um, and uh, I mean, Wolves changes. They they put one more in midfield uh, than they did the previous game. I think Martinho came in into midfield to try and um, match up our, our three. As it happens, as we'll come on to, maybe seems to be a theory. Seems to be what's in the media at the moment. We we tweaked our midfield so we still have one more than them in the right areas. So 
Um, yeah, but I, th- I thought Elliot, if he carries on doing this, I think we could change our opinion on him as being a midfielder. Because uh, yeah, he, he showed a, a lot more discipline in him on and off the ball in, in these last two games. Well, there was the um, there was a stats bomb um, stuff about the pressing in this game, wasn't there? There were the most count presses from one player, um, although their metrics are a little bit different to ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the first, I did the game, I did the whole game, and genuinely, that first half, I know we didn't score, but the intensity of when Dan gets a chance to do it. I reckon that Papa chart's going to be off the scale like Real Madrid. Um, it dropped off in the second half. Uh, we had a bit more of the ball, but that first half, the energy was there again. And that, yeah. that what Sai's saying about the five changes ties in with, you know, you've got two young lads in midfield. And then Fab looked a lot better as well in this game than he Phil. He did. I thought he. Uh, these are the beginning signs that actually he's back to not quite back his old self, but he was more. Dis- he was. Was it when the ball started to win the ball higher oh, up? He did, yeah. The timing of the tackle seemed the to be of the tackle was better. It was positionally, and and I think that that is coming on to the. I think we tweaked it. I think we have a two, not quite two sixes, but there are phases of play where there is two of them in there, which allows Fab to go up. I thought the rotations in midfield were quite good in this game, and also were apparent later on in the in the United game as well. So there was there was rotations happening in a lot of areas that was really interesting to watch. I think Simon mentioned in the in the chat yes. we had that Fab was operating sweeper in one phase and then very high up on the next phase. And Jota was operating in a very in a rotation with was it Darwin left? I can't remember this game. It's yeah. so far along. Yeah. So there was some really interesting changes which are yes, now nice. Yeah, go on. I was just gonna say Sai, can you can we just delve into that one as a, one of the tactical elements that you noted just because I think it did continue uh, to an extent against United, but well, as soon as we gain, as soon as we gain possession in a wide area, anywhere along um, the the uh, vertical axis of the pitch, that um, Fab dropped like ten yards deep of the um, centre backs and created a sweeper situation, um, and it allowed the centre backs to be a bit wider, and which allows you, there's all the talk of oh, isn't Ibu amazing? And Ibu gives confidence to um, Trent to be able to push forward, and he's so fast he covers him, and he's always like in the right right positions to cover Trent, and and it was all it's all a function of the system. We change, we yeah. adapted what we do without the ball to allow our fullbacks to do a bit more of the stuff that they're used to doing. And then um, and having uh, Bashtich on the left, he innately is a um uh he is great in possession, but it looks to me like his um is off ball, not in terms of seeking possession back which he is good at tackling the ball, but structurally within a system, uh, his first thought is how do I, what is the position I need to, to optimize space? Um, and particularly in a negative setting. So he just naturally tucks, tucks across to fill the space in front of, uh, in front of Fab on the left-hand side, which um, blocks whatever passing lane is into their forward alongside Virgil. So, so we get to cover the whole of the back four um, with just different players now. Uh, and then as soon as we regained possession and got built from the first build phase, 
um, Fab pushed out, and on the counter, he was. They had him and um, Bajatic, and it, it carried on in the uh, yesterday as well, or Sunday as well. That um, that they were in a covering phase, um, in a covering uh, formation. So we we created basically uh, boxes all the way up the pitch, uh, a box for the centre backs and the two sixes. Uh, which which always allowed depend on what weak side and strong side. So uh, the strong side of the pitch is the uh, side that's got the ball, and the weak side is the opposite side. So um, if the ball is um, Fab's strong side, he would then be allowed to go and press, and there will be weak side cover, if that makes sense, of Bash or yeah. supposedly Henderson, um, which affords Trent like more opportunity to to get forward or. Um, it, it really just depends on where Harvey is playing uh, in relation to Mo and uh, like uh, how the left back is is interacting with Mo or Harvey because Harvey's positioning there is also key in um, he's trying to get into the half space so that he's 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 committing both the centre back and the midfielder and the full back between him and Mo. Making them uncertain, like we talked about with some of our defending. Exactly. exactly. Which yeah. then uh, then allows Trent more of the ball and or more space. And it allows Mo more space. And it doesn't need that overlapping run. It just needs presence and it needs spacing. So you need to get yourself, uh, from Harvey's perspective, in the periphery of two players at the same time. And that's so. Our spacing in the last two games has been uh, has been so much better. But the the interchange between our formations, our patterns, dependent on whether we have the ball, whether we've just won the ball back for three seconds, or whether we're chasing the ball. Like it's it, it that the, those three things completely compress or expand the formation. And and it was only expanding or compressing with width before, and it's now doing it vertically too. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I think it's um, the sinking's a lot better. I would say so as well. In the last the last two games, they seem to be a well, bit more on the same page. But this, but by but because we're both dropping the dropping the nine um, into a slightly slightly left side um, area, a ten roll into yeah. the half space of the left hand side, and allowing the eight to to um, our right side eight to be the right side of that top top of the midfield box mm-hmm. in a, in another half space. What you're doing is. You're cutting the pitch into eight different sections, so yeah. there's less running for each of the players to do. It's it's one of the things that we did in our system brilliantly in the past, um, and then we kind of went much more for a man system in that our players were were so robust and super fast and strong 
that we could impose with our physicality on the opposition by challenging each person. But but now we've gone, we've gone back to, we probably can't do that, but we can be super intense in this area of the pitch, each player, and we make sure each of those areas of the pitch are slightly overlap so that we can cause um, that extra pressure. Yeah. I, I wanted to leave that detailed analysis to go on as well, because I think it's relative to both games and um, it's something that needed to be done because we seem to have a little bit more control. I'm just going to uh, fly through the Wolves somewhere. Um, this is a weird one because apparently Wolves had a big chance in the third minute or something, which um, I think we can all agree wasn't. Um, but because of the location of the attempt, went down as a it went down as a header. Yeah, it went down to seventy five percent of their xG in this game. So they ended up with point seven four and one big chance. But uh, <laughs> it's from the overhead kick, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not convinced by that. But we ended, we had 2.55 to their 0.74, 15 shots to four. And two of Wolves of shots came in the first three minutes. Um, 12 shots in the box to four, six shots on target to one and three big chances to one. Although on understat, we seem to have four chances above the 30% threshold, which again, I'm not sure about. Um, yeah, it was... So if you look at the, I think the biggest... Um, Signifier in this game is if you look at Wolves as XG chart, it goes up to just a, it 0.75 on understat, and then they have another chance in like the twelfth minute, and then and they flatline, yeah. um, and th- and this is what it felt like. It was like that it, that intensity built in that first half, and then in the second half we took them apart. But let's come on to one of the big talking points um, of this game, and one. That arguably frustrated me more than any uh, any other refereeing decision this season because I could not see anything in it. So let's come to you two. We'll start with you, Phil. Why was Nunez's goal disallowed? Let me just find the notes because this was a while ago. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, just, 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 just watch the mates dribble. He dribbles from the halfway line, doesn't he? It goes into the box. Right, it's just a foul. It's, it looks like he's fouled. <laughs> yeah, so they, I think they pulled it back because they thought Jota impeded the... So Jota, I think Jota got fouled, but then he, he also then fouled the defender that would have got uncovered Darwin's shot. Tripped. Yeah, but <laughs> I, 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 I didn't really get it, but... I. From what the slow-mo and from some of the comms I saw, Jota, in being fouled, then fouled the defender that would have stopped Darwin, would have blocked Darwin's shot. So they yeah. deem that as him yeah. input, you know, influencing that we gained an advantage. Oh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't really see it to be honest with you because I thought Jota was fouled anyway. I was thought it was not far off a pen to be honest with you, but it looked, like, you a, it looked like a definite pen. Yeah. Um, on the replay, I just thought, just let the goal go. Sally, what did you reckon? I'm yet to come across yeah. a local fan. Uh, so this, I, I really get frustrated at refereeing decisions because I try and see it from their perspective, but bloody hell, this one, I was <laughs> pulling the non-hair that I've got. Well, I, I thought it was brilliant play from Jota for a start. Yeah. Um, and in slow motion, in ultra high definition, it looks like while he's in the air, he throws his leg at Kilman to trip him up. Yeah, right? and he's, he's the guy that would have blocked Darwin, right? But here's the caveat. 
in the rules of VAR, the referee isn't allowed to watch a slow motion video. It's only supposed to be supposed to be watching. So the VAR guy can, but the referee yeah, yeah. should be watching in real time. If he can't tell a difference in real time, he shouldn't be um, making a decision because there's no way in the world from I'm, I've just literally just looked at it. There was maybe 15 centimeters between um, the guy shoving Jota over at Sumedo, was it Sumedo? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and Kilman um, from, yeah, from contact. So that must be less than 0.1 of a second between him losing his footing and then the other lad falling over as well. If if Jota has the thought, the presence of mind, that speed to go, I'm flying over here. Am I going to get a penalty for this or not? Uh, maybe not. Okay, then I'll try and sneakily leg up this lad so that that Darwin can have have more space to have a shot. Like he'd be a Formula One driver. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's no chance he thought that. Absolutely no chance. There was no chance for him to think it. There was no chance for him to react quickly quickly enough to do it. So it's, it was just an absurd ju- decision, and he was thrown to the floor in the first place. It was the yeah. penalty. It was either a pen for us or a goal. Yeah. yeah. Not the decision that they came about. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was bizarre. But anyway, um, we, 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 can, can, here's, here's a stat. He's, he's under Klopp. He is the referee that has um, officiated more Liverpool matches than any other. 26. Yeah. Um, and he's given us no penalties. He has yeah. refereed Man City 24 times and Manchester City at uh, Man United 22 times. And they have six penalties each. Yeah. 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 Weird, yeah. It's also from Weird. Manchester, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh, and we also have 117 <laughs> touches in the box more than those two. Yeah. In those games. Yeah. Yeah. Which is 12 games worth of touches more than most than, than Man United. I think Tien is the most egregious in terms of uh, Paul. I think Paul's done a lot of stuff on this as well. Um, but it's just, I can see sometimes the subjectivity of decisions, but with this one, I was just like, what? Yeah, struggling. So I said as well, the the VAR was if if they'd actually done what they said, then there's no way he should have changed his mind. Yeah, other than unconscious bias. It's conscious bias at this point. (laughs) Twenty six games. I try to keep it. I I try not to say conscious bias. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. The evidence against him seems to be stacking up. Is all I'm saying. Uh, Yeah, massively. No way. We've had this conversation before. He's one of the two referees that that Fergie would never allow to be our to referee a Man United match. Yeah, yeah. And and Klopp, he's made a bit of a fuss about him before, but never publicly. Only on the pitch that's been recorded, him yeah. arguing. Yeah, is it neither ref that gave the Man City penalty, Evan, or did yeah. he give the penalty, Evan? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I thought it was. Yeah. Anyway, we did anyway. score. We did score, Phil. Um, from a from a set piece initially, yeah, um, and yeah, I think it was a Trent one hand, yeah, Trent one handed mid zone BVD. I think should actually score the first contact, but anyway, Jota pulls it back brilliantly actually from the byline, and then BVD just pops it in on the follow up. So that was seventy two minutes, wasn't it? 
Yes, it was just after the uh, the slow goal, which made it even more sweeter. I think they were probably trying to up the XG, right? From the first chance to the second chance. Um, maybe on some of the models. I think some are higher. Uh, looking at the range, 538's at 2.8, and they tend to include all the chances, and Michael Cayley's down at 2.2. So I'm guessing they didn't include the uh, initial. Uh, okay. Bear in mind, I can be a bit mean about, about uh, Virgil's... 50p head. 50p head, um, yeah. A bit mean. <laughs> the first chance, I, I agree, I thought at the time he should have scored for sure, but it was yeah. actually a little bit behind him and he got... Was a, it? I got... It might have been the best, his best header of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I love size counterintuitive. So do I. I love that. <laughs> um, and then uh, the uh, second goal, Sai, nice little build-up between Gakpo and Simikas. Um, oh, and when then, you've got when you've got thighs like that, <laughs> doesn't matter where it hits, does it? That's going in the net. At some yeah, point. but it, but I, what I thought was the funny part was was uh, my wife and half of the Liverpool fan base at the time were going, "Go on, Darwin, come on!" because they thought it was Darwin and his his bobblehead that that did the uh, assist, and and it was just the brilliance of Simi instead. It was you, just a, a shout out to Ali here, by the way. Yeah, that's a throw in in our defensive third. We play it through the thirds. We go, we come back out to keep possession. Goes to Ali, and he pings a ball out to cost us perfectly. He brings it down. It must be a sixty-yard pass from the keeper. He just brings it down beautifully, pops it in, plays a one-two with Cody, and then still has the energy, having just run the full length of the pitch to get there to bring a ball on on, on the head. I just goal. thought it was a great, great goal. Really good goal. That's a goal creating action in two consecutive games for Ali. Yeah. It was yeah. a hell of a ball. Hell of a ball. And Costas as well, to be fair to him, has controlled that beautifully, but it's still a yeah, pick out. It's a lovely little flick from Gakpo as well, to it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a genuinely a really good move. And you know, like we said, I've said to you guys, it, the last two games, the goals have started to feel a lot more like clock goals. These, yeah. this, this is like short keeper to a fullback. One, two, yeah, cross, yeah. goal. It's a lot more about us than it has been previously this season. Also, sorry, and this is something that relates to the United game. Salah's run in in this goal is amazing because he absolutely sells the centre-back or whoever it is in, who's trying to mark him as they're all running into the box. He's just does like two little, two little slow steps that you wouldn't notice in full stride, but it kind of just gives him that, extra couple of yards. He's not pausing. He's not stopping. He's still running. So you've still got him in your peripheral, but it's just, yeah, he just that. Jinx. Yeah. It just that little jing. I was just watching it going, oh, oh, yes. And obviously the ball's fired in and it comes off yeah. his thigh, but it doesn't matter. He, he actually, like his left foot, he moves his side towards the ball. And times it. it. Well, we can all say that, but you know, he, he just threw his knob at the ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> what can you do? You're gonna score. You're gonna score. You are. Love it. Right. Let's move on to the uh, the main event. And what a main event it is. Um, let's start with the lineups. Um, Sai, any any shocks here? Did you expect Bichetic to start or? Anybody else? Because I thought it was pretty much the team that we could expect. 
I I thought um, Bastich might be in instead of Heli- Elliot, but um, oh, I can no. understand why Harvey had play had done his role really nicely, and to continue this new um, uh, twist on the system, this new functioning midfield. Uh, I think you need a Harvey or a Naby to be that side to be mobile and to get into the second line of midfield. Yeah. So uh, it made sense. The the one concern for me was um, that in the past when Hendo's played off the left, um, I think he's done it a couple of times and the last time was Chelsea and he looked like... The connector role, wasn't it? So he's not yeah, a little bit the connector role, but I, I yeah. even think I even think that the, the roles are changing from. The oh yeah, yeah, for sure, I agree. With you. I agree. Yeah, but but yeah, he is uh, definitely more. Um, uh, he is less of a third man runner, um, yeah. and he's more dis- he's supposed to be more disciplined. He's supposed to play the role on the left. That uh, currently the one that the world tells us he plays on the right, protecting Trent which is not how it's, he's played for three years. Um, is that what the world's saying about his role? Yeah. Oh, my God, constantly. Trent is only good because he has Henderson there to protect him. Oh, wow. Yep. yep. That's yeah, cool. Like, it's literally the opposite of what happens. But yes, anyway... It's not it's not Hendo bashing, by the way. We've done that's lots the role. of podcasts going into the details of the failed presses in that in between those three and how much that affects our team because teams can then attack down that side if one of the link ups not there. That's we we've got into detail about it. It's not it's just I didn't know everybody else was saying the opposite. Completely the opposite. The pundits on TV talk about it incessantly. But anyway, um, uh, he is there, much more of a connector at the base of this new box midfield, this rhombus of a, of a, a midfield that we now uh, that we're now rolling out, and I like it. And it's it it worked tidily. Uh, he he played a couple of switches. Uh, he was there instead of leading the press. He was there to back up as as the cul-de-sac. Um, he was affording uh, Fab half of the pitch and half of possession, uh, and just making sure that uh, he was he was linking with Robbo and being being um, a bounce pass for Robbo, but also covering space and committing the uh, midfielder on his side to allow to allow Robbo to bomb past. Um, so yeah, that was it, and I was I was uh, it was nice to see there was a, a big discussion about Jota in midweek. You know what? People get giddy, don't they? And mm-hmm. and the the particularly the people that were slagging Jota before from the previous game that he looked rusty because he do, he hasn't played because he missed twenty seven games. Um, the suddenly he he looks a little bit more. Uh, he he played key roles, didn't he, in the disallowed goal and in the actual goal yeah. against Wolves. So suddenly he was the missing piece. Gakpo's wank, and um, and he needs to start. So. Bringing Gakpo in was a bit of a surprise to the masses, but I, as we've talked on here, I think I, I can see him doing the stuff that Bobby used to yeah, do yeah, when yeah. Bobby was bad. Yeah. Not saying that he was bad, but when no, no. we've talked many times, when Bobby is bad, Bobby still allows the system to function around him, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and we've we've talked a lot that that. Other players in our team aren't system first players, but Gakpo is. Um, and we're starting to see his role expand in that he's doing the system stuff. And now he's starting to, you know, show confidence. Of, uh, 
a little bit of belly. He's yeah. uh, he's, he's 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 rolling off a little bit of skin, um, and it, 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 it's it's much prettier than I thought. I tell you what, so I, I too, I was, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think also having Jota and, and Cody to rotate that middle role helps us with the pressing off the ball as well. Because I think if you you look at the press zones, that they're, they're very similar from the Wolves and the United game. The areas yeah. that Jota and Cody covered are very similar, and that allows us to keep the team fresher because we don't, do you know, what I mean, we don't have to change the system when Cody can't play because we can put Jota in. Uh, or we, we we don't have to worry about that anymore. Whereas uh, I think a lot of the last two games for me, the things that it is only two games, but it's that front press, that first line of press is now starting to function consistently mm-hmm. because the players are, are, are fresher. And the holes aren't, uh, aren't appearing holes behind aren't them. Exactly. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And therefore the midfield can work better with this. A box helps, obviously. If you look at the touch mats for the two games, the, the two eight, uh, Hendo and well, the two sixes share the pitch, as I said, and the two tens now share the pitch. But it's it's all more coherent. And I ran a couple of of um, uh, press zones from previous games, and the United this season at their place compared to to Sunday yeah. is light years. Is so the gaps are all over the place at there for the away game. This yeah. game we've got we've got crossovers between the press zones, which is what you expect. We've got the first line of press working well, and then we've got the midfield working functioning. So it, it start it is only two games, but there are signs there. I think that we're starting to get something right. Uh, before I come on to you, Phil, about United, this one I say, I've in the last two games I've noticed quite a lot of um, failed presses in their final thirds, where where are they maybe? You can include their half, where we're doing quite a few failed presses leading to free kicks. Now, I don't mind that, because that gets you back into shape. And it's something I haven't noticed. And whereas before we were having failed presses, like you say, there was no backup on the front three trying to foul, uh, trying to press, because they could just pass around us and pass into space, and then we're exploited. Whereas now we seem to be giving away quite a few free kicks in their half with what looked like quite cynical challenges. Um, from yeah, but that's what you want, isn't it? That's what City do. You're going to give a good way City, City, yeah. City have give the highest transition. Yeah, exactly. City have the highest number of uh, the highest percentage of fouls in the final third of anybody in Europe. Exactly. Yeah. Like and I don't know, there, there was a moment game. after the Wolves game. Because they, because we got skanked on the break uh, last week. Fab got Fab and Baj. Oh yeah, it was Real Madrid. Yeah, and then both got done on the on the break. Exactly, should have fouled them. And then the very next day, Rodri did. Rodri just uh, uh, no. And then the next game, Baj got um, a yellow card, didn't he? Mm. Uh, against was it against Wolves? Early yeah, against Wolves. Early Paris. against Wolves was for doing that exact thing you're talking about. And then the very next day, Rodri did exactly the same thing in exactly the same situation and walked away smiling without a yellow card. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Because that that's what they're used to. Well, he's got he's got the Fernandinho uh, referee. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, uh, to be fair, Fab's been getting away with it for years. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but that's what I like. It's, it's players recognising now that if you just don't quite get there to win the ball... And you're committing, and you're one of the midfielders. Just foul him. Just yeah, take him out. 
if we do it against Madrid, we might still be in the tie, right? Yeah, absolutely. See, Three goals I, think that, I think there's a different approach to it, right? I think if you set up, if that player sets up, I'm going to win this ball back and then commits to it. And sometimes they might make a foul, right? That's yeah, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. But that's different to what I actually think should happen and does happen for, for um, City. What they do is you're not getting past me and I might get the ball back and I'm going to try to get the ball back. And yeah. it's a totally different emphasis. And if you're trying to win the ball back, you're not making yourself as big as possible, as hard to go past as possible. You're trying, you're trying to time your challenge to get the ball. Right. And that's not the way City go about things. What the most important, the key and only important thing for them is that you don't get past. Yeah. You stop their play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because when we're trying to go for the ball, sometimes you miss and then they're past you. Yeah. yeah. So just block them off. Sometimes you'll get the ball. Yeah. yeah I think we had eight against United. Um, and that's. Fail pressers leading to a free kick in their, it's not quite their half because a lot of it is in the final third, but some of it is. And then against Wolves, I thought we were even better. I think we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. So it, it seemed like from previous collections I've done that this was a conscious thing. It was more instead of it being, um, like you say, the first, the first, instinct is to try and win the ball it seemed like we were just going right we're in transition now more or Nunes or Kakpo's just lost the ball or Jota I'm a midfielder I'm going to take you out yeah. if I win the ball good and it yeah. felt like that and, and it, it, there was a lot of fails and I was going okay this keeps happening I can't remember this this season this keeps happening so hopefully We've become a little bit more cynical in their half because that's the place to do it. Yeah, I mean, you, well, you just get to reorganise, don't you, Phil? Yeah, you do. I mean, if you look at Elliot's foul press his day, he's three of them out of the four he did are in that final third. Uh, Babs are in towards right side, two, two, two out of his three are in. Yeah, so complete spots on. Gap goes at a Cody's are in the middle, you know, but they're in the final third. So yeah, completely supports what you're saying. I think also, I don't know what you noticed, but the we commit more foul presses on our right side in the right channel and the right half space compared to the left. Now, whether that's to get Trent back in position. That's what I'm saying. So maybe maybe that is a consequence of of opposition targeting that space because they want to target Trent, but we seem to be, I've noticed from doing the press map, that press zones for the past few games, that number has increased over the last few games. So maybe we're more aware of it now and gone, right, let's stop it here and then not let Trent get exposed. It's the time to do it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely the time to do it. Um, Phil, Man United, let's talk about that because this is pretty much their 11, isn't it? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, well, they, they rested Slightly week. different weeks in, time, in terms of where the personnel were playing, so I don't want to explain that one. So they, this is the same 11 that won the League Cup final. Okay, they rested midweek against uh, whoever they played midweek, I can't remember. But what they did was they rotated the 10 left wing and the centre forward. So Vegas uh, dropped, dropped into the 10, Rashford went up top and Bruno went to wide left. Um, now, there's various theories about that. I think they've might have done done that for height. Uh and they thought they could drop their Vegas onto Fab 
Um, they probably didn't legislate for the fact we were going to have two in there rather than one. Um, so I'm six foot two, six foot three is not. Yeah, but if you <laughs> rather than Bruno being on, do you know what I mean? I just think that. That's, oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But they've been but doing what, that all season with Vector. They have, they have. But then Bruno was, I think what, what that did for them, and I think it was an error, uh, Rashford, I think he's miles better from coming in from the left, outside to in, than being yeah. down the middle. 100%. And Bruno's better in the 10, I think, in terms of getting on the ball and providing passes. So you probably nullified two of their best players. Yeah. Put, put Rashford where he's been best and been scoring all the goals. Yeah. And put Fernandez in the 10 and then play Sancho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's it was a strange rotation for them. I don't, I don't think it worked, uh, really. Um, as we commented, though, I know you've got on the agenda who won the first half. I mean, this is a... a I, I thought, personally, we, we had a very good first 20 minutes. Um, and we... Probably should have done better. I think uh, is it Darwin had the chance nicked off his toe by uh, Martinez. Yeah, really good defending. That, I thought. Really good defending. Uh, some uh, Robber had two shots that a typical Robber style didn't get anything on them or weren't weren't really anything to write home about. And He's then they had really one of the worst shooters that's ever played football. He has, but then we got two left backs <laughs> no, who were not great, you know. But, <laughs> um, and then they had the Bruno header, didn't they? They came, they started to, they had a period of time, probably a 15 minute period where they, they created two chances that were, were very good uh, in Bruno and the Rashford chance. I think one of those was offside. I'm not sure, Si. What do, what do, what do you reckon about this first half? Because you put the XG chart out because obviously Gary Neville was saying that United were much better in the first half. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was even. I thought it was good even first half until we scored. I thought we were better than them. I thought we were imposing on them. They had two shocking moments that caused us to be strained. Um, and they were both offside. One was offside in the actual moment of the uh, pass the shot. And the other was offside because they had a moment there was a pass to a shot, which we defended and the ball came out. And then they, they created a second chance from recycling that. Um, when the, sh- the flag should have gone up because there was blatantly offside. Um, yeah. So we were already stressed because we were covering for an offside thing that should have gone up in the fucking first place because yeah. of the stupid rules of the bullshit. You did, you did mention that he gets past to a lad tackles out. him before he gets the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that they did break throughs a couple of times, though. Yeah, they. But they, they, and, and looking back, that's what happened. So they caused uncertainty like two times, um, and it was. Because of that, the one uh, they caused a a one on one that uh, Rashford ended up going quite wide. Virgil did all right, but Rash. I actually think Rashford uh, Rashford had a bad touch, which sent him wider and ended up being across. Another time they got through behind in behind Ibu after he he did um, he got the world loves Ibu, okay, and I think they're currently riding a wave of. Um, the infatuation um, with him. He does some stuff brilliantly, but positionally, he is a bit of a shit show. Um, let's say he's erratic, but he's usually so fast he can get out of his mistake. And that happened twice in the first half. They got him behind us because he ended up basically standing on Fab's toes while allowing Bruno stood 10, 10 metres behind him and no one was marking him. And that happened a couple of times. Um... Hello. 
I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I'm a big fan, by the way, and I completely agree with you. I don't think it was remotely close. I don't think it was close. I think we imposed ourselves on them while creating good opportunities to score, but for the wrong people in, in those positions. Hence, Rob had two really, really good chances that, that if that were Darwin, I would have or expected. Trent, or Trent. Or Trent, or Trent, Trent scored that one side one. of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or Trent on his left foot, to be fair, on the opposite side would have. But it's just yeah. Yeah, Robbo. But we caused Trent's them to be might unstable. Be, it might be better than Robbo's left foot, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we caused them instability, for sure. They were panicking. There was a couple of tactical things that um, that Bart's uh, talked about, kind of. Um, but they've used Veghorst as a 10 mid-game. So he is a smart manager in the, uh, I'm going to ramble on here for a second, right? The no, box right. midfield, our box midfield is the tactic du jour of, um, of the current uh, pro license, the FA's pro license. You a whole right across your way for actually, to be fair. Um, and all coaches are coming out going, let's play with a box midfield and you have to do this thing and get our two to do this. So I can fall back to all, or, or a, the, the real sexiness is with a back three and a box midfield. That's where it's at. But anyway, so it doesn't surprise me that we're creating that. But but um, both were very... That, is that a box of two wing-backs? Is that three at the back with two wing-backs and then the box? Yes, and then one up front. Um, so, uh, um, I'm getting away, right? Veghorst is primarily a, a system player. And he doesn't have an awful lot of skill, but he will do exactly what his coach tells him to, which is why he loves him and why he bought him here, right? So in phases of a game that Ten Hag likes to manage through like timed phases of the game, right? So he'll go, right, we're, we're, we're suffering right now. We'll quickly switch three players, the position of three players and the emphasis of their role so that we can like make the game, um, you know, like a, we'll have a passive five minutes or where, yeah. where nothing is happening and we're going to kill this next five minutes. And that's when he puts, he drops, uh, 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 Veghorst to be the 10. So what he can, he can block up the build phase of the opposition and then they'll just allow whichever fast player they've got, Rashford, to be the highest man, just in case a, me- a mistake, a, pos- a possession mistake happens from the opposition yeah. that, that he is the guy that, that's primed to catch them on the break on his own. That's it, right? Yeah. So this is a, a, a defense first choice, and he started this in this game. So mm-hmm. what he was hoping to do was um, it. What it really wasn't about running off the back of anybody. It's Rashford's there for in case of emergency. We make a mistake. He is the one that's most likely to 
um, you know, make the most of it. And he's the only one that can possibly outrun our back too. That's, you know, that's, that would, that's a decent race at best for them. Right. Yeah. And Anthony recycles possession and keeps hold of the ball to allow them to get, to get um, position, position up the pitch. He doesn't, he's not a game breaker. He's not a line breaker. Rashford's their line breaker. And um, they move Fernandez out wide to, so that he can receive the, the quick switch ball and then play Rashford in from the opposite side of the pitch. Cause he will drift over behind Virgil and then come right to left in the pitch. Right. Mm-hmm. But the biggest reason for doing the thing that they did was they th- they went man for man against our midfield. So they inverted the triangle and went man for man against our midfield. But Klopp both saw this coming and played into the new tactic that he's doing anyway. And we no longer play uh, um, triangle midfield. So they still went man for man. But what they're actually doing, they were, cr- they were having to cover uh, a rhomboid with three players. Yeah. Which always left Gakpo free, or Harvey, or on occasion, well, um, it Gakpo um, dropping allow um, was was covered by Varane if it was within ten meters of the back four. But very often he was dropping way deeper than that, and so Varane was just going, "Oh shit, where do I go? Where do I go?" And and we took that forwards in, so the forwards were in the half space between the fullbacks and the centre backs, which made all four of them stay there. So they only had their three in midfield against our four in midfield. Two players were, were nullifying four players and our back four were having a great time against uh, three non-line breakers. Yeah. So, so Klopp won the tactics. First time and this that's season. the first time this season. It was magnificent. Yeah. It was good. Just a, I mean, a superb side, by the way, that's description miles better than I could do. But just to emphasise the fact that I didn't think, we didn't think United... We're on top. I thought we were on top that first half. You know, I break. I can break down touches, shots, passes, possessions by p- fifteen minute period. Klopp There's agrees no- with you, Phil, about the first twenty odd minutes as well. Yeah. He's- one of the best performances he's seen this season in that first period. But there's there's no fifteen minute period in the first half where United win any of those metrics. The only one that they come close is the one with those two chances where they they get to within twenty of our passes and they equal us in terms of shots. And that's between 31 and 45. Every other period in that 15-minute period in that first half, we, we don't want to. And they almost equaled us in the period that we we actually won in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. over the course over the course of the first half, they had eight I think, inside our box. We had 28 inside theirs. But, you know, I think that, I think you're right. So we, we won that period 31 to 45, right, in terms of goals. But I think actually letting them have more of the ball allowed us to counter them, if that makes sense. So we, we sort of had a bit of a reset. They came out a bit and then we completely hit them on the counter and scored. Well, exactly. yeah, absolutely. I'll come on to the match summary because I think um, it was just interesting after the game. A lot of people were saying, you know, probably better in the first half. Well, Gary Neville was saying it, which means yeah, a lot of people yeah, follow him. Yeah. Gary Neville and Roy Keane, but yeah. maybe I've heard a couple of other podcasters say it since, but uh, if anything, it was it was even. Um, but yeah, we had that big chance from Nunes. They had the big chance from Rashford. Anyway, the match summary was, and this is fun, um, 3.36 is our average across all the models. It's quite a range. Opto had us at 2.78. 
Um, and info goal has us at 3.8. Uh, United had 0.82. And I think it's quite a big thing because we missed a big chance for Nunes and then they missed a big chance for Rashford. Um, so game state could be a thing if that goes in for Rashford. You never know, dear. Nah. But we ended up with 18 shots to their eight, 15 to six um, shots in the box, eight shots on target to four, um, six big chances to two. We'll come on to those and 42 touches in the box to 16, which is huge. Um, but the XG timeline is absolutely delightful to look at. Um, I think someone asked for something to be framed, but yeah. This is it was it you say I don't know who's whose uh, timeline I was it was me. I want something to be for him. It's his timeline because it's it's a wonderful mountain. I saw West Berkeley. If you did a uh, <laughs> equation of the line, you'd always have it straight. It's uh, it's crazy. It's in the viz pack in, in Discord, but yeah, it's almost straight. I think Simon wanted the um, XG uh, blobs thing frame, wasn't it? So yeah, I did Twitter. the infogle, and that was yeah. it. Yeah, it. yeah, I do remember now. Uh, I think the timeline's better. But anyway, <laughs> let's go through these goals, boys. We've got seven of them to discuss. <laughs> um, Sorry, the first one. We'll do it alternate. The first one. It's a, it's a superb ball from Nobo, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we we've gone through that rotation to get Gakpo out wide. There we go. Time. Let's let's do yeah. that. So um, we he, he had um, there was a moment where Fred was uh, noticed at the, at the corner of his eye that um, that he couldn't pick up Hendo and Gakpo, so he went Hendo. Gakpo ran off the back of him. Um, that Robbo held the ball perfectly for the perfect amount of time, shimmied a little bit and then slipped the ball down the side in between the uh, Varane and uh, Dallot. Um, and Gappo was, uh, was he did the thing, the only thing we knew he, he could do because he did it at the World Cup. And that's where, if we're all honest, the only place we'd ever seen him. Um, and he shimmied inside Cool as you like, slotted the ball in the bottom corner. Um, I, it was, it wasn't quite the bottom corner. I thought at the time, um, through my elation that, that, uh, I was happy that De Gea was in goal. Um, but in retrospect, I think the, uh, Argentinian dwarf fella was in his way. So he couldn't have done much about it anyway. <laughs> so it, it was, um, Only you I, can get away with that, Simon. That's good. So Addy smashes it out to a Robbo for this as well, doesn't he? It turns into a 0.7 to a 0.55 chance, Si. That's a hell of a finish, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was because he was near the middle of the goal. Yeah. So, Phil, come out after half time, one a lot. Yeah, this is, um, I think Shaw's pressed by Mo, isn't he? He gives it away and Elliot's covering the space on the inside. Uh, gives it, Fab wins it back after a slight interception. And then, uh, goes Darwin gives it back to Fab on the other fight. Fab finds Mo with, you know, one of those, when we won the league, uh, Fab would always do his little dinks over the back line. This was a lovely little dink into Mo, who just, uh, clips it in. And then Elliot picks a rebound, clips it in again. And Darwin makes it 2-0 with a, with a great header. But I just thought if this was, 
kind of us starting to... It's came from a press, isn't it? That's what I'm saying, yeah, so the press down their back line. It doesn't uh, count because it deflected, but yeah. yeah. But it, it was a good little move, and I like the way that Elliot was backing up Mo. So Mo presses Shaw, Shaw tries to play a quick ball inside, and Elliot's got it covered. And then from there we go on. They try and intercept a little bit with Fab, but Fab re- recovers it. There's a bit of a two and a throw in the front of the box, but ends up with Fab being assured and, and the clipping, and we go from there. But it was a great header, great yeah, move. And chances we want Nunes to have at the moment, isn't it? Exactly. exactly. Because apart from that, I think we'll come on to it. He wasn't doing a lot in the game, to be fair. No, I thought he had a very indifferent first half, to be honest. I thought yeah. there was balls bouncing off him. Um, he was making mistakes. But yeah, he uh, yeah. certainly comes into the game. Definitely. And then... And then um, can I, can I just say, I don't want to piss on anybody's fire here, but there were three moments of of luck that went our way during that goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm more than happy that we we had a really nice um, formation that, with, uh, that could take advantage of it, but also all of their players were covered in case they got the ball, which is one of the things we've been banging on about. So even though we had att- we had uh, bombed players on, we were actually in really adequate cover. Yeah. Um, just in case, and we didn't need to, the ball just came ricocheted back to our players on three different occasions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it would, and I and this is what I mean, we've just gone through the XG and yes we did have six big chances, but I think maybe two, maybe three came from deflections or bits of luck or whatever. Um, and it wasn't a 7-0 result. As as Neville said, it was a freak. But it was a 4-0 result and maybe a 5-0. Non-shot was two, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. expect a threat. But, I mean, if you have six big chances and three and a half XG... Four or five is reasonable to expect, and so is two or three. It's just... Yeah. That's that. Yeah, yeah. We've been underperforming our finishing for ages. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I said after the game. It was quite similar. I know it's changed since, um, after everyone's updated the models, but after the game, um, the average was 2.9, and in Wolves it was 2.6. Yeah, we had five big chances after the game. They updated it to six. But in the Wolves game, it was 3-1. It, it was a similar stats profile between a 2-0 and a 7-0. But it, it, was the, it was the first time we've been at, we've, we've, we've had a two non-shot XG this year. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And that's 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 the ones that done end in shots, obviously. Uh, the next goal. Um, it's a wonderful finish, Phil, isn't it? So I was just coughing. Um, right, is this the one? The gap This is the break, yeah. So it goes down as a big chance, but bloody hell! So this is this is actually from our box, isn't it? Is this the one I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Rashford's in the channel. Henderson blocks it, doesn't it? Yeah, but so Henderson blocks a Bruno cutback into Cody, who showed us great strength, and equally he timed the pass really well. Because like, there was an opportunity before he played it, he could have played it, but he, he held it a bit longer. So Mo was even uh, had a better better positioning and could definitely one one v one. I'm sure was back there. Plays it in. Mo just 
is on the gas by that point in full stride, progresses the ball really well, carries it really well, sorry. And Cody keeps what on running. Ball, by the way, how tight, how well timed. Yeah, and then Mo just plays a lovely ball through and Cody just scoops it over over the hair on the near post, who's got a history of this because Coutinho did it at Old Trafford, if you remember, in the Europa League. So it's... Um, you what? I was there. Were you there? Jeez, man. <laughs> But no, I thought the thing that really impressed me, and this is this is Cody's purple patch, isn't it? Because he he receives the ball, he shows great strength, makes a great pass, and then follows his pass with with a strength of a run I generally hadn't yeah. seen. Pace exactly. as well that I didn't yeah, think. So, have you got anything on that that sprinting? Is there any kind of figures that he might have improved his? Because he had to absolutely go on the burners to keep he had to catch on Mo for a start his top his top speed in the game was 33.7 um, and we know yeah, what was like it? He, he's done a 33.9 this season so it's, it's, it's good speed but Cara pointed out Cara said something during his review that he uh, not for that run for a different run earlier in the game he just didn't know he had that speed in him I'm like yeah. not paying attention because the numbers are there the numbers are out there he's not running faster than he did at the World Cup I mean, but it, it is a is a hell of a long but long but long busting run. But there are so many like wonderful things about that goal. You know, if it, you said it was from our box, but it was actually it wasn't. It was from they had they had the ball. They played in the ball behind in behind Trent. Yeah, and, so I'm, I cut that. Bit so out, they were yeah, over yeah, the top. Yeah. So no, you're right. It was from the box, right? But I just wanted to yeah. rewind it a little bit further than that. And that is our Achilles' heel. But because of the system change, yeah. and because we're at, we're much better at this new thing, we were never actually under stress. Nah. So they had five in the box, and we were calm. They threw a sixth in the box after um, Hendo had, had uh, intercepted the pass, which actually wasn't going to anybody. It, it would have gone between two of their players. But like that's not to that's no judgment of anybody there. Um, uh, my point is only that we had all of the players covered. They had um, a lad that flew himself into the box afterwards. So so it, it ended up being a four on three break. Um, and Gakpo did a, did a good thing. Maybe like it was a decent pass. It was never a hard pass in the first place. It was such huge amount of space behind. Great. Let's say he did it all perfectly, and then bombed up the pitch. Mo's I like a little pause, pass. Or I did like a little pause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was all good. It, uh, what I liked rather than oh he did all this and it was all organised and he did this brilliant technique. It was that it, he was composed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that he had an idea. And I love that that Darwin was in the right spot on the back post waiting for a pullback from Mo. And then he was also in the right spot for a pullback from um, Gakpo for a tap-in if he needed to do that too, which was brilliant. So yeah. all three of them did the right thing. I, at the time, I thought Gakpo had actually gone... gone. He had a really big space between um, Lissandro, who Mo sat down on his ass. And um, uh, Varane. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for a second, please. He <laughs> didn't even get. He didn't even get a successful dribble for that. <laughs> Did he, not? he didn't even get a successful dribble for it. <laughs> the one had six successful dribbles for it. Oh, it was so. Oh, nice. got check that, boys, wasn't it? Oh, oh was, God, he, he, uh, he, t- yeah, he, he turned. Yeah. He turned. He, he created a Lissandro. Um, uh, what's he called? Lissandro. 
Lissandro Martinez, yeah. Well, He's there there you go. He turned Lissandro's liver into a foie gras with, with his, his <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> spin. Uh, sat him down. It was amazing. Um, and the... The, I thought Gakpo had taken the wrong line. So, because he could have taken like the three meters to his left and he would have been in the middle of the goal, completely unmarked. So he overran the goal a little bit and then made, and Mo made this pass. I don't know how we saw it and waited it. It was a second brilliantly weighted um, pass of the game after Robbo. And that touch is just fantasy. So, yeah. we're seeing all of the structural, tactical stuff that Gakpo can do. And he has Bobby Fantasy. Yeah, Unbelievable. This was, was a real... Again, I talk about Klopp's goal with the front three in sync. So I was saying there, Darwin was backing up with good movement to be there in case the shocks did get saved. It was just all working really, really well. I think even Elliot was coming up from behind as well on the edge of the box. Maybe there was, was definitely... So, and Hendo. And Hendo. So what I'm saying is we were all breaking as one unit and the other good thing you know we chat quite a lot about balance and having the 5v5 or a 6v4 we had as I said they put a six player and we still have five we had balance we had five there balance and defensively and still some ready to go in front front it was it was a real good passage of play for us I it know was Hendo and Robbo I'm looking at it it's not it's not Elliot Elliot had actually right. Elliot stayed back in the uh, in the eight but then that's yeah. what you want right yeah, if one of them goes, the other one sits in with Fab. That's what, exactly yeah. what you want. So because before we used to have people just bomb, yeah, and, and we we yeah. just got people making good choices in this game, and it was, and, and I think we've been p- people making better choices over the last three or four games, haven't we? Yeah, so we had yeah, what was but, that? But maybe Newcastle first twenty, but I thought after that we made some really bad choices. Yeah, but, uh, and there was a couple of bands in the Palace game, um, but I think definitely the last two. We seem to have a, a different kind of sync and tactical element that you've described. Um, let's come on to the next goal. Let's just keep going. There's loads of goals, boys. How many goals? <laughs> um, well, you had Ali made a mistake. have some fortune in this, but it's another good electric break, isn't it, Phil? Hey, I've lost it. Is this the Darwin? Which is the next it's one? The Salah one. It's just the Salah one. Hang on, I want Where to find Where he goes on his record. Is that the volley, isn't it? Right, this is the volley, isn't it? Right, yeah, sorry. I'm just trying to give you notes. I've lost it in all the... Well, in the so many goals, goals, man. I understand. This is not... You don't need to defend it. It's <laughs> all the goals. It starts... Does it start, start with a throw-in? Have I got that right? Yeah, it's another set piece. Yeah. And then it comes in... Um, and it, what's his face? He's just, Metonymy's just on, isn't he? Is that the one? Um, right, haven't I? Or is it Militia or whatever it's called? Number 12. Malassia. Malassia. But they have chances to clear this, is what I'm trying to say. So they, they we, Darwin's on the break with this, isn't it? Darwin's carrying the ball, progressing out from our box, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Hendo picks off their That's it. Right. or whatever the new left winger is called. Yeah. And it goes to Darwin. He does his thing. He's great at running space in front of him. He heads up, trying to pick out. I think I don't think he's trying to pick out Mo with the first part. I think Darwin was shit at this, and it fluked and ended up coming coming back to Mo. Yeah, through Darwin's really hard work to get the ball back. Yeah, 
And then yeah. it threw a deflection off whoever's on the floor. I can't remember who it is now. I think the first just... pass is pretty good. It's just it's just intercepted, and then and then he presses, and then nicks it forward. Nicks again. it, yeah. And then Mo just not going to And then and Mo just smashes it from what in the middle of the box, isn't it? Just smashes it straight in. I ha- is this not the one that they reduced the XG post shot with? Yeah, Simon, can you please try and explain this to any listener? that the Porsche XG went down from 0.3, which was the chance for more, to 0.27, when I think that is one of the most... It should unsavable. be 0.99. One of the most unsavable shots you're ever going to see. Yeah. What? It, so, makes, it makes absolutely it no sense, sense, but it was right past the goalie. Is it so, because central and the goal is there? Yeah, it was it was right past the goalie. The goalie, uh, if you redu- if you took ten miles an hour off that sh- off that shot, the goalie would have just shoved up his jumper. But it was too hard for him, which made it too too. Um, the time he had to react was too short. I, I don't think uh, De Gea did anything wrong from the moment Mo contacted the ball. There was I'm looking now uh, eight meters between Mo and De Gea. And that's flying at least 80 miles an hour. So we're talking less than a tenth of a second. To react. Sorry, tenth of a second. Yeah, it's no shots. Yeah. At least, though, if, if Nunes has won against Newcastle, was it? Was it 100 and odd? Surely that was just an equal. I don't know. No one mentioned it, but... Swilly's wrong foot as well, isn't it? Yeah. Swilly's right foot. Absolutely larruped it, didn't he? It was great. Oh, yeah. Sorry, the bit I couldn't work it. It was from a corner, wasn't it? This is from... Ali, yeah, from a corner. Yeah, Ali screws up, doesn't he? And then they get a corner out of it, out of, out of a free transitions. And then, and then we uh, VVD wins the wins the header at the back post. Hendo into Darwin. Darwin, in front. yeah. So it's from from their court. So it's another breakaway goal. Yeah, another breakaway goal. Yeah. So we just took advantage of the situation of game state, which is a yeah. lot. Seven nil. Who cares? And also, we weren't doing that at the start of the season. So we would, or we would, we were overcommitting and leaving three at the back. Whereas again, in this break, we still left five at the back. Yeah, it's that balancing, isn't it? It's a thinking of going right. Yeah, we can. We can still commit. We can still outnumber them, but we've still got to make sure that we don't don't get countered every case it goes wrong. Yeah, and then we scored a set piece. Well, yeah, well, yeah. The next one comes from a, the second phase of a set piece with a with one of Henderson's curlers that we all know. Um, Sai, I'm going to come to you because I want to know if you reckon this is a big well, it's not a big chance but does he mean it? Does he know what he means? Uh, I am probably his biggest critic but this is the thing he does brilliantly. He is like Mane. Give him no time to react. Not like Salah. Pure instinct. I mean, not like Suarez. Suarez is so much better than everybody. I hate the comparison. Suarez, I, I see lots of comparisons with Stevie G, not obviously the Darwin, but like all the time, there are always really easily thrown around comparisons of Stevie G. Stevie G, the first time I ever saw him, he was the fastest player on the pitch. He was the best tackler. He was the best passer. He had the best touch and the best cross. And he could dribble as well. And he could dribble. He was, just, he was unbelievable at everything, right? What about the, the Bichettis comparisons with Stevie G? Just, just, it just happens to kind of play in midfield. It's bullshit. I love 
Bruschetta, he, like he does some wonderful things. He is not remotely close to, to uh, Stevie, but it's not even just that. He doesn't profile anything like him. No. Like no, his no. first choice, his first thought is constantly about space. Stevie didn't care about space at all. He, like his physicality was going to win every time. So he just wanted the ball the whole time. He he's ball first player, and Bajatic is a is a space first player. They like polar opposites, but I hear the I hear the comparison all the time. The only comparison is they're young. Yeah, but but with Darwin because he's European, like he is erratic, and people confuse it confuse like being erratic with with whatever genius brilliance Suarez was because he was because he was off the top when he first came. That's my point. There were a lot of people who were saying he was erratic and. And you, we weren't getting the numbers that he eventually produced and then produced, like he produced at Ajax and then definitely produced at Barca and then produced in the last season and a half or two seasons with us. But at first, he people were saying he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's first got, the first game he came on as a sub, he scored and he was um, he made some unbelievable touch oh, and unbelievable oh, finish. He did Nunes, didn't he? I just uh, that Darwin occasionally has some erratic, brilliant touch. His speed is unfathomable. And yeah. that is the thing that's going to set him apart. Is Darwin not like the other Uruguayan forward that used to play up front with Suarez? Cavani. PSG? Cavani. Is he um, not more like him than Suarez? He's more skilled than Cavani. No, I know. I was just saying, but he's more like him than he is Suarez. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say he was. I honestly think Batistuta is going to be the... the is is what the Portuguese dudes, the coaches, yeah, are going to be like. And I think that's the peak for him. And, like, that'd be amazing. I, d- I don't need him be. to be Suarez. What What about, yeah. his, what about his, his numbers, though, Si? His, his non-penalty combined XG with assists... He you gets like, in a lot. He gets in a lot of a lot of really good positions because of his speed. Point two. That was, yeah. it wasn't that peak Suarez, peak Salah. But it's how. I'm not saying I. I'm not. I'm not arguing with the method because he's been called a chaos machine a thousand times. But to have one point two non penalty xg per ninety m plus xa per ninety. How? how? Now, what conversion rate would he have to have? It's not about conversion rates. I no, 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 no. My point is, what conversion rate would he have to have to to convert to make that XG world class value? Fair, but hasn't Dan done it? Yeah, he's got to be at kind of, isn't he? He's absolutely nearly touching normal now. I don't know. I don't think he is. Uh, that way should I thought I thought looking at look okay Dan I've got it up now it's cumulative it's, ex- it's getting so, back to his average yeah it's getting back to his average yeah. the red line on Dan's chart and I'll, I'll try and explain this and that's then, 13% Twitter, yeah it's 13 uh, it's Harry Kane's five year performance um, he's above on goals per 90 he's above on shots per 90 he's above five he's massively above on XG per 90 it's not even close. Shot average um, is above. Is higher. His shot conversion is lower, so it's about 12.5, maybe 13% now. And Keynes is about 14.4. And then his XG ratio is hugely below. So he's 
He's absolutely creating everything. And at the moment, the only issue is finishing. I mean, from world-class levels, one point, you know that, Si. If, if Salah was doing 1.2 this season, it, 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 and he, he'd be the best player in the world, wouldn't he? But that would, he would have 10 goals more. Of course. But well, that's, that's my point. Thing, isn't it? At what point does it make him world class because he's got underlying numbers that look like he probably he probably should be? At what point do you say that the the I don't even want to go down the Darwin thing? We shouldn't be criticizing. I think he's playing really well. I, I thought apart from this game, I, I thought he was wanking this game. Um like all the way through, people went when he was rubbish in the first half and then he was much better in the second half. He actually wasn't. That no, goal that wasn't. Mo scored was because I was screaming for about five seconds for him to make a pass. And he tried to do the weird forced pass he got through to Mo from the inside of his ankle like uh, a month ago, which which turned into a, an unbelievable pass. But it was all uh, like it was t- it was it, it was flawed in conception. And this one had three really simple passes to make. And he waited and waited and waited and did the wrong one. Um, And it turned out well. And that was the thing he did. That header for his goal was brilliant. But they're the two, the two times he scored this game, I think are instincts, aren't they? The thing yeah, in but, the rest of the game was brilliant. There's like I don't know. Yeah, I'm saying that would do that the, header. The headers, both headers were, were superb. To be fair, it was in the right place for the first one. Well, and the, the second the, one, the, the first header was just a header. Anybody, yeah, could yeah. Score but that. the second one was like a brilliant header. Brilliant header. But everything else where you had to think in this game, it didn't do very well. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, he wasn't great off the ball. Like one of their chances, I think it's the the Bruno header in the first half is because Darwin isn't tracking the, the fullback. So Dalot puts a ball across the box and Bruno puts it just wide. That's that's from him not supporting the fullback. So off the ball, he wasn't great. On the ball, he wasn't great. But the two times that he just does the thing that he is exceptional at, which is heading the ball, he's good. And he, See, he I, goes. I think, and it touches on what Sai said about, um, about Salah having 55 touches and Trent being involved and having a a really good structural right side of eight. I think when when our player is focused on that side, I think that is going to help Gakpo and Nunes so much, like it did with Bobby and... Uh, I, th- I think you're right. If, yeah. if we're getting that kind of volume down our right side... Into it. 
I couldn't care less what numbers Darwin gets. The problem is he's getting this massive shitload of XG at the expense of our better player. And he's not converting it. But it's still, yeah, but it's still, it's, okay, but in the last two games, it's still, uh, his last two games, it's still had it, and Moore's been getting more. So I think... No, he did, he's been getting less, less, but yeah. I think we can have both. I think we can have Moore having what he had in this game. I think you, I agree. I think I think we can get it in a different way. If we get Mo this low, this volume, the other thing happens anyway. Yeah. Because Mo creates yeah, yeah. for him. Yes. Mo yeah. picks the right moments, which create the right opportunities of really high value chances. Yeah. yeah. We just have to make sure we can consistently roll out a side that can play this box, which allows what we just said, Mo to get the touches he gets, and we can still enable Darwin. If we can't get those two, the forward dropping in, whether that's Jota or Cody or and Harvey's role is probably more key because he seems to not want to play Navi again this season. So if Harvey can't do back-to-back games, that is where I can get concerned about us being able to continue this this form because the top, the right-hand side of that top box won't, will not function with Hendo there because it's yeah. been proven this season. So that that's what I'm saying. If we carry on doing what we've done for the past two games, I'm are you guys chatting there? Absolutely on board with that. We can we can enable Darwin, and we can still give Mo the ball he needs and the volume he needs. If we can't keep doing that. We will roll back, and it will be one or the other. Will have to be compromised. And you I, think got right, but I think we can get away with it now. Mo, uh, Mo is flying again. But yeah, we still giving the ball. Though, Mo, we? Mo is back to being Mo because he's he's stopped being marginalised. I think for a yeah. long period of the season he was actually marginalised, and yes. now he's back to killing defenders. And his first touch is otherworldly. Yeah. And so when he's in this form, the rest of the team can be shocking, and we will still win. But he's also in better position side now, isn't he? Because we've tweaked it. Look, he's not being asked to play on the touchline. He's receiving yeah. the ball in a better position. So it's well, just... We're also, we're also cr- creating constantly... Tra- you, you keep talking about it. Transition moments. Yeah. yeah. A goal. Oh, this one was in transition. Oh, this one was in tra- transition. There's loads, never, this game, loads of times where we won, yeah. won possession through turnovers and then yeah. transition. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's go on to the six. Um, before, I'd like to talk about the Firmino final one, but... <laughs> Sai, first of all, let's discuss this goal um, and then bring in your uh, Salah stats about how he was compared to this point in last season. And then after that, Phil, give us the uh, booking versus goals United have scored banter stat. Go on, Sai. So the sixth goal is the one that uh, that made Mohamed Salah the highest Premier League goal scorer for Liverpool. Is that the one? That's the one, yeah. Um, it, it starts with that nobody's talked about it. It began with uh, winning the ball back early. Uh, I think it was Trent that won the ball back from a header. Then there yeah. was a no-look pass inside by Mo into Bajatic. A no-look pass that began it, that began the circulation, um, and then a lovely threaded ball by um, Mil- by Milner to um, Harvey, and it, uh, who kind of slipped in Bob, and it kind of bobbled around. Um, and Luke Shaw tried to thwack it clear, 
um, because he he was he was hurried basically by Jota by um, the effort of Jota to sprint it down rather than allow uh, De Gea to just come and pick it up, which is what he would have done otherwise. So Jota pressured uh, Shaw. Shaw tried to clear it and it hit Bobby in, in the shin pads and rebounded directly to Mo to lash in. First time finish as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It wasn't a hard goal. Like <laughs> literally, De Gea was sat on his ass two metres outside the goal. Assist from Bobby or not? <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's, it's a technical assist. He had nothing to do with it. But no, yeah, I know. Yeah. Technically, it was an assist. It, it came off his shin pads. Yeah. It's just not a conscious assist, is it? So, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I think the banter well, stuff. I, I love that. That. It first, I tweeted at the time, and then it, it and then it manifested. It uh, ex- expanded after that. The the uh, the highest combination um, to a, of of creating goals, uh, Bobby and Mo for Klopp in his in Klopp's career, not just at Liverpool. Um, that that ex- that um, increased because Bobby came on just before, so Bobby to Mo. Um, increased their the number of times they've combined for a goal, and then immediately afterwards they um, uh, Mo assisted Bobby to do the highest assist um, combination that we had. Yeah. What would um, so that uh, this this went down as a press leading to a goal, and there was a few in this game that was a bit dodge. Jota definitely puts pressure on Shaw, doesn't he? Yeah. He's I mean, talking about the sixth one. I wasn't. I was. I was so unsure about that. But that is a counter press. It's such you, a quick thing. You think it is a counter press, or you don't? Well, well, because it was because how how we'd collect the press in it, we'd lost possession technically, and Shaw was in control of the ball. Yeah, it's not done as a counter press because, on the chart. Uh, maybe not count. Oh, it should be. <laughs> That's my fault. Um, but, um, I, it was definitely a press leading to a goal because Jota applies pressure to Shaw, who then hammers it at Firmino. And this is what Sai was saying about a technical assist. I'm not sure if it's a press leading to a goal or an assist, but both things did happen, and it's hard to it's hard to judge. Yeah. Yeah, you've got. On the chart, it's a diamond, so it's a group press uh, leading to shot. I think it yeah, is. I thought both Firmino and Jota applied pressure. Yeah, yeah. So that I think that's what you've got, Dan. It's just not come up as a counter press. Jota doesn't quite. Uh, Firmino doesn't quite get there, but because they're both that close within the region of the player, that's why it counts as a group. But yeah, yeah. I did this one, and I was like, I wasn't sure. But anyway, I put it down because I thought it was a good discussion point. Um, did you do Salah stats, Si? Because this is really interesting about comparison with this point last season. Oh, yeah. So we're 38 games into the season. Uh, this Last season during the greatest season of his, of or uh, well, the second greatest, but like it, uh, where he won everything and he was the best player in, in the country by miles. Uh, he had 33 goal and assists combined um, at the, that point. And yeah, he currently has 32 during this terrible year he's having. Such an off-season. Can't believe he's down by one. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So the highest-scoring highest Liverpool player in the Premier League and the highest-scoring Premier League player in Europe in history. 
Jeez. Yeah. And nobody talked about that. Nobody talked about it. That's crazy, right? The stuff Just... you hear about, the record you hear about. And he's the highest scoring Premier League player ever in Europe. Yeah. And nobody knows. And they were chatting about, I don't know, what, what was Sky talking about after the game? I have no idea. How United won the first half, probably. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was a free... They didn't dissect any of the goals. There were some good analysis yesterday from Cara and yeah, Monday Night Football. Yeah, uh, yeah, Cara, good. But, but that, that's that's why we do it two game two days after the fucking game because it takes time to go through things in detail, doesn't it? We've got to do the pressing. You have to do all the stats. You've got to do all your stuff, Phil. So I, it, it takes time. You can't just go after a game and then have an immediate in depth analysis about a match. Nobody's no. got the detail or the resource because oh, you, yeah. you you need like several people to get stuff that quickly. Whereas Sky simply haven't got that. Neither are Opta, so you know you sort of. Um, so, so what do people do? They fill it with cliches, or they fill it with uh, it was just a freak. How many times did you say that? Sorry, it was just a freak. Just, just a freak. freak. Always just a freak. Yeah, I'm so glad I watched the USP, to be fair with you, because I, I that... think Neville would have a little bit more insight into a game than just saying that. But obviously, he's, he's just, just angry, isn't he? Both of them are really, let's be honest, both of them are really emotionally invested but when they're paid by Sky to, to co-commentate on a game like that. There's, there's definitely emotion there, and we all have the emotions after the game, so let's not... For sure. Let's not Let's not judge. Anyway. It was a wonderfully emotional game. <laughs> it was. Uh, let's judge this one, though, because um, I, I think I think Salah's second was my favourite. But this one comes close because, Phil, Bobby comes on to an absolutely rousing reception, obviously influenced by the result. But still, that's some noise um, for the guy who's played the most on the clock. And then, uh, it's a great, it, this comes from their throwing, like by the way. A Bashetic press. Yeah. And then Curtis plays a really nice ball for Salah. Yeah. And Salah does a virtually the same pass through ball that he did for Gakpo. Um, and um, Bobby just picks uh, it up. Megs De Gea. Come on. Yeah. On the swivel as well. Not, Not just the fur on the swivel, but it's, it's like, as I said, it's, it comes from their throwing on the halfway line. They beat the first press from Jota, and then, as you said, Badge cuts in, plays it into Jones, who finds Mo. The pass is superb from Mo. It's, the weight on it is just perfect. And then Bobby just sort of hit round them and makes the hair to make it seven. Just was a, it was a great goal. I really liked it. It was good, good to see. But um, Firmino getting his uh, what? How many is that for the season now? Ten. Ten. Double figures. And he's having an off-season as well. What about the smile? What about the smile, Simon? Oh, it was amazing to see. It's just <laughs> like, it, it, it's like, we don't have this in England, right? But in America, watching watching baseball, like, those players, the great players, they go on a bit longer in their career. And, and like, um, a couple of times in the last 10 years, uh, like, all-time great Yankee players have, re- have announced they were going to retire at the end of a season. And so one of them did it before the season began. The end of this season, I'm going to retire. This is my last season. So Jeter spent, and, Mar- and Mariana Rivera, they spent the whole year going around every 
because they are unequivocal greats um, around each team, each city away games. And they would just get raucous celebrations and and there will be like uh, trophies given to them or gifts given to them everywhere. Uh, But the fans got to truly celebrate in every match for the whole season, their their joy and gratitude. And I, I think this is the best way for Bobby to go out and announce it. And then we can just get to love you till the end of the season instead of going, uh, oh shit, Bobby didn't do this or Bobby didn't do that. Like, I don't care what he does at this point. I don't care how many shots he misses or how many tackles he doesn't make or how many bad passes he makes. You, between now and the end of the season, so we've got like 13 games left. Just love that crazy bastard. Yeah, 100%. And I don't, it's probably a bit harsh, but... I quite like he's doing it this way rather than what Mane did where Mane just he just legged it just left to leg it whereas Mane knew he was leaving at the same sort of time and didn't say no he knew before he, knew, he told Klopp yeah. at the beginning of the season exactly he but didn't, didn't, else. didn't tell anybody else and that might have been a nice little push towards him you know what I mean that kind of thing of oh well Mane yeah, we never got to send Mane off isn't it we never get to send him off bit, yeah so I think I think you're right. Bobby's done this really well. He's come out and said, "Look, I'm not going to sign for anybody else at the moment. I want to concentrate on Liverpool. I want to finish my finish my time here on a high and and what a way to start coming off the bench and scored a seventh against United at the cop end. Amazing! It's amazing. And do you know what? If Henderson and Milner do the same, they might get similar reactions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Milner, if Milner's going, he should have already said so, shouldn't he? And Miller doesn't have a song, so it's a bit different, but yeah. It's a bit different. And then they're, they're legends for sure. He's still they're legends for sure. Kind yeah. of, uh, the same kind of a plot. It was amazing to see, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. it was phenomenal. And also, Curtis the through ball. Let's not, you know. Oh, yeah, for a guy who's not played, when, when was the last time he came off the bench? Great ball. Genuinely, superb through ball. Yeah, it was good, yeah. Do you know, do you know uh, a crazy stat for you? Um, Bobby had four touches in the match. He had a possession control of minus three. <laughs> I, I think he gave away two of the fouls on that free. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but you know what? We just got to love him. Because we were just bringing him down and laughing. Give a shit. Um, 7 0 against United. Last comment from both of you. Can you put this in context? Who does it mean the most to? Does it does it give us an impetus, Phil, for getting top four, or does it make Man United fall off? It's hard. I think it's hard to place this one in context. I know Gary Neville said freak and was mocked, but place I don't. Th- I don't think it was a freak. I think there was for me. It's. It, the back having these two games and showing the bait, like I said, the baby steps and coming it through. Yes, we don't like the word luck here, but we certainly turned what around three XG to seven. It is you're not going to do that very often, right? But I, I do think it shows that this pro, this new thing we're doing is starting to work. And if we can keep doing that for a period of time, it could give us the impetus to get over the line top four, certainly. We just need it, we just got to really look at this in five, another five games. That's 13 points out of 15. Right, so we need to do another lot of those, and then fair enough, we might actually be in top four by then. Agreed. And I've done an analysis on the uh, clean sheets, but I'll leave it for next time. Uh, Sai 
We've gone from 27% to 43% on 5.38 for qualifying for the top four. Give us some context before before we go. I, I think I think we're in a position now to earn it. I think the players we've got available, if we can keep no if we can keep no fewer than five no more than five players on the on the uh on the injury beds that um we absolutely can get seventy points. Seventy points gets us third. Yeah. I, I'm not convinced United against seventy points. I'm not Spurs are definitely not getting 70 points, but we will have to have earned it. We're not going to get there with 1.7 points for the rest of the season. Yeah. I, I so we're know. going to have to go 2.1, 2.2, which gets us 70. On the next pod, we need to do a uh, fixture difficulty analysis because I think we've got like four. Well, the next the next five are tough, Rosie. Yeah. It's Chelsea. Okay. I, I said to Katie on uh, like I, I expected us to beat Man United on Sunday. I'm not worried about Man United. I'm not worried about Real Madrid, despite what happened. I I only get worried when we're playing Fulham. Bournemouth. It's because your Fulham's been postponed, then, isn't it? Or do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. Bournemouth, but Bournemouth lunchtime on Saturday away worries you more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Our away form. Our way, yeah. Our waveform is terrible. Playing against you, take away that heightened state of stimulation um, of of a big a big game game. under the lights. Yeah, can we get ourselves up for these small games because we have to go on a run? the The thing that gives me hope is that these lads have done this for years. If they get on a run, they can sustain it. Yeah. So then we then we can we but we will have to earn seventy points to get to the get in get to the top uh, get to top three. Yeah. You see, a lot of people talk about the Man United game at the moment, but I think, um, considering not scored in the last twenty minutes of games for so long, I think that Van Dyke goal against Wolves might be a little trigger for us because I thought we played so well in that game and we didn't concede anything defensively. Um. We pressed really well and had a terrible moment from our official and then still scored. I think that might be key for us. But anyway, cheers, boys. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Up the Reds, come on against Bournemouth. Let's get 10. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index oh and before you go we'd love it if you could leave us a five star review on your favourite podcast app it only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows Sports Social Podcast Network